0: This guy's a great big phony. If a body meets a body, coming through the ride. Okay. If a body kiss a body,
1: need a body
2: cry. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Hey, gang! Welcome back to the Okay Gatsby season two.
1: Catcher in the Y. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, we'll see how long that uh, takes (laughs) to get old. I don't know, I don't know. I'll never get over it. Welcome back. I'm Terrence Hartnett, this is Kevin Lavkovich.
1: Yeah, we're uh, talking about chapter five and six today. Uh, Some pretty, uh, well, six is a very explosive chapter, but five has got a lot, like all this, there's always little things going on that he's not addressing but bringing up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to really get into it. I'm loving the like just like some things I'm noticing uh going through this. I'm I'm noticing the Holden Holden's narration is like going to be a whole whole thing.
1: Yeah. Holden's narration in conflict with all of the things that are happening both in his emotional life yeah. and actually at the school yeah. and where stuff it's, it's it's very We we settled on the term subtextual narrative.
2: (laughs) Subtextual narrative is, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, meta narrative was the close second. Uh, but we're gonna see some interesting uh, subtextual narrative. (laughs) Yeah, it's him
1: describing his actions and then acting confounded
2: as as to why he did these things. Right. So he's not telling you what's actually happening with him emotionally, but you can very easily see it. It's like it's a master stroke. Salinger is. A master stroke. Uh, Stel- yeah. Salinger is a master stroke. Yeah, Stel- he had a, Salinger. He had a stroke. <laughs> Salinger had a masterful stroke.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a legend for going into the woods. As a guy who doesn't like to leave his apartment, I really respect that. <laughs> I can't believe,
2: as a yeah, a recluse He's so um, he's reclusive, but like he's it's crazy how how the insight he has into this character's m- it's like he's totally totally inside this
1: kid's head in yeah. a way that's uh the details are in but right. also very subtle about kno- like knowing the limits of this character cuz i exactly. think a lot of times like authors will try and basically do a first person narrative where like they make that narrator almost a saint or like a uh, hyper intelligent yep. and he he lets his blind spots in but very subtly he's like hey yes. it's not like a guy being like i oh, yeah i'm a dumb kid <laughs> no it's <laughs> no. it's
2: it's not simple it's so complex it's so verisimilitude in this it's perfect it's like exactly an adolescent boy telling a story in all all of his adolescent uh you know genius and adolescent pitfalls and and uh foibles everything it's like a full painted perfect
1: picture you're allowed to see the character's weaknesses without him admitting his weaknesses which is because it would be not be believable he's like i'm bad about these i mean he says i'm a terrible liar but even that is like we already know we yeah (laughs) we watched
2: you like lying yeah God, yeah. So I'm really starting. The point is, I'm really starting to 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 feel the feel the novel like and understand like what a work of art this this novel is. Yes, and uh, frankly, I kind of feel like uh, killing somebody. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
1: Look, there's there's a lot of celebrities who are becoming phonies. You know
2: what? And we we need to catch them before they fall off the The cliff.
1: Cliff, (laughs) if a body, catch a body. Yeah. No. So it starts off. With just a classic Holden observation, a cynical observation that's probably true. Because he goes, we always had the same meal on Saturday nights at Pensy. It was supposed to be a big deal because they gave you steak. I'll bet a thousand bucks the reason they did that was because a lot of guys' parents came up to school on Sunday. and old Thurmer probably figured everybody's mother would ask their darling boy what he had for dinner last night. And he'd say steak. What a racket. You should have seen the steaks. They were these little hard dry jobs that you could hardly even cut. You always got these very lumpy mashed potatoes on steak night, and for dessert you got brown Betty, which nobody ate except maybe the little kids in the lower school that didn't know any better, and guys like Ack- Ackley that ate everything.
2: Everything. I everything. like. I like. I like. Um. He he. Italicizes the EV. I like a tel- I like yeah, half italicized. Yeah, words. I
1: noticed that too. It's such everything. a very string. Restra- yeah. No, he goes out of his way to really give him cadence and rhythm that yeah. like you that usually you can't get in. Uh, like, you can almost, like, hear him having, like, a exactly. Manhattan accent talking about... Yeah. And yeah. A, a teenage accent where he's, like, every... Like, he rolls every. his eyes while he's saying...
2: Yeah, you, it's, like, it's, the voice is crystal clear.
1: Yes. But that's also, like... It's fun because like that's kind of a funny theory that they gave steak on Saturday night. So because like yeah. yeah, I mean that's a good observation about moms come in. They go, "What do you eat?" My mom asks me what I'm eating all the time. My yeah. grandma asks me what <laughs> I'm eating all the time. They they're very concerned about. Whereas your that. friends
2: don't don't care. they're, yeah. they're asking you about what well, are you are you
1: look ho- you're, you're real thin, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, you need to eat more vegetables. Eat
2: something. You're wasting away.
1: <laughs> but like it's like all right, yeah. well then, uh, so they come on Sunday Saturday night. We'll have steak they'll say that and moms will be like oh like it's like it's the
2: brochure thing yeah. you can it's see through the artifice so you like i know why you're doing this like i'm a good liar you're a good liar you're lying about the kind of food we have here sort of yes. by giving us this really good or like quote unquote good food
1: he's aware of the mechanics of like of illusion that like yeah. the like giving these little tricks he's anytime anyone does a little trick to make themselves look better like falsely he's like I see it. I see it. I see it, yeah. and that makes me just like you. <laughs> yeah,
2: phonies. I mean, like so. Yeah, going back to the the uh, the horse, the guy riding a horse. And so yeah, no one rides, no one a one rides horse. horses. Yeah, it's something like a horse riding academy. It's so fun. The art. He loves. He doesn't love the artifice, but he hates it. And yeah, he he, hates but he
1: it. has a certain sense for it that is uh, very funny. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he. So he says, "I didn't have a date or anything." So I and this friend of mine, Mal Brossard, so he has friends.
2: Well, right before this, right before we missed this paragraph about the snowball. Oh yeah, it's snowing. True. They play in the snow. He likes it. It reminds me of the time Toss in the we Football. Fo- yeah. in the Football. It reminds me of that where he just said it's just pure childhood. Yeah. So I think there's like some of the, like, how about this? Like, he's an adult noticing the other adults are lying and then back to childhood with the snowballs.
1: Yeah, balls. he's a very, yeah, that's a good point. He's this sophisticated adult who's aware of the mechanics of like recruiting and yeah. pleasing a customer base, but also, and then he's like, I also like to throw like literally snow, pure white, innocent snow falling down, and just children running around in it.
2: I mean, he admits it was childish too, which I like. Yeah. So, like it was, it was childish, but everyone was really enjoying themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he has, he still is this like. He's capable of fun. He's capable of joy. Yeah. He's capable of even friends. Like, we have... I mean, he's playing snow in the snow with all these guys. And then... So yeah. I and this friend of mine, Mal Brosser. So he is... He's, like, seen as, like, this hyper-negative, unable to, like, like anything. And some in some ways, he is. But he's not, like, a version to... The, sm- the simple pl- joys of being a young boy.
2: <laughs> right. No, yeah. He's, he's, he's got both things. He's in his adolescence. It's, it's, he it's hates b- it and still
1: enjoys its perks. Yeah. So it's Saturday night. And he ain't got nobody. <laughs> so Saturday. he's going to hang out with his buddy Mal Brossard. And then he does, Holden does something very kind. He goes, I asked Mal if he minded if Ackley came along with us.
2: They're going to the movies. They're going to get a hamburger.
1: Yeah. So they he hates Ackley. Well, yeah. Or he gets very tired of him very quickly. He ostensibly he chapters hates chapters trying to get rid yeah. of Ackley. <laughs> <laughs> there's just chapters of him pushing him out the door. Yeah. Uh, but he goes, Ackley never did anything, Atala says, anything, on Saturday night except stay in his room and squeeze his pimples or something. And this is funny. Mel said he didn't mind, but he wasn't too crazy about the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like Ackley much. But there's this kind gesture of, like, I yeah. know Ackley is a very lonely man. And so I, the idea of him just pop it like he doesn't like ackley's a jerk he's a boorish man yeah and he's still like i feel empathy that this man is alone on saturday night and i want to make my offer
2: yeah but he's not really getting off on being an angel about it either he's no. kind of just like athletes doesn't have anything to do so i asked him to do it so it's like it's like again he's not saying he's being a good guy but we can see he's being a good guy yeah um i like how Ackley asks this is a, this is a pet peeve of mine where Ackley goes well who's gonna be there <laughs> <laughs> Actually, (laughs) ask who's going to be there besides him, and uh, he always wants to know that. He's the kind of guy that hates to...
1: Yeah, he always had to know who was going. I swear, if that guy was shipwrecked somewhere and you rescued him in a (laughs) goddamn boat, you'd want to know who the guy was that rowed before he even get in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, do I want to hang out with these people? Like, just... Yes or no? Do you want to do this?
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. It's like Ackley's a typical annoying teenager.
1: Yeah, he's the most annoying thing, but he still feels like, all right, come on along.
2: Okay, and I love this is such a blow that uh, he tells him that Mal Broussard was going, and then Ackley doesn't like Mal Broussard either. That bastard. All right, <laughs> wait wait a second. You'd think he was doing you a big favor. <laughs> like, he's like, I'll go, I'll go.
1: Yeah, all right, I'll go, even though I don't like Mal Broussard. So, he, he, he has the... Stradliners, a conceited son of a bitch. <laughs> Mal Broussard is that bastard. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, Ackley's going to come, but it's a, as a favor to hold him. It's hilarious. Okay, yeah. now the snowball's back. He went over to the window and opened up the snowball and packed it with his bare hands. Now, okay, cause, because we have the childish snowball fight right before this, I know the snowball is something. Let's let's, t- let's talk through the snowball. Um, So, good. He, he packs a snowball. He didn't throw it he didn't throw it at anything though i started to throw it at a car that was parked across the street but i changed my mind the car looked so nice and white then i started to throw it at a hydrant but that looked too nice and white too finally i didn't throw it at anything all i did was close the window and walk around the room with the snowball packing it harder um and then he got he brought it with him on the bus the bus driver opened the doors and made me throw it out i told him i wasn't going to chuck it at anybody but he wouldn't believe me people never believe you okay so what is this? Let's talk about this. Yes.
1: There's obviously something happened Because like we said, like if it's in the book, it's in there for no reason.
2: Nothing is nothing.
1: Yes. um, I think it's interesting he stresses that he did it with his bare hands. Interesting. I think that reveals maybe something about, like, he was running around playing with his friends in the snow. Yeah. And I assume he probably had gloves. And now he's being mature and going out for a Saturday night date, and he tries to hold the Rod snow. And now it's cold in his hands. It's
2: <laughs> cold in his hands. Um, but I think okay, so I think I think it's something I'm trying to figure out what it is because I know that so he's it's childhood sort of right. He's playing the snowball fight he has a paragraph ago. Mm-hmm. That's childish and he admits it, but it's fun. Yes. Then he packs another snowball, but he doesn't throw
1: it. He can find no target. Both the things he wants to throw out are are nice and white.
2: They're innocent.
1: Yeah. So innocent. The, he doesn't want to spoil their innocence. Okay. But it's also weird. He's holding this cold snowball in his hand for a long time. If yeah. it's like it goes all the way down to the bus, like how is he not like get like? I can't hold like a, a Coke I get from McDonald's in my hand for too long without, <laughs> without having to like hold it in. Okay, money.
2: right, not letting it go. So is it n- is it about letting your childhood go?
1: He's yeah. He's willing to let yeah. I mean that's a good There's point. Something there, but because he the bus driver made him throw it out. Like he is holding on to this thing. And he's like, I'm not gonna be childish here.
2: Okay, there you go. So there's that. So the bus driver goes, Hey, listen, this bus is no place for your childish things. Yes. And he goes, I'm not gonna be childish in the bus with a snowball. I'm just gonna have it. Yes. I'm just gonna maintain my childhood. Uh, but I won't use it to hurt anyone. Or yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and be, he's like, Nope. Nope. I don't trust that. Yeah. Grow up. But he's like, All right, now because they, before they were just hanging out. Now they're going into town. They're gonna go get a burger and a movie. They're gonna be like adults. A 16 year old and two 18 year olds hanging out. So it's like, time to pretend to be men again. Yeah. And he oh, c- yeah. And so now he, the, even the bus driver, the uh, uh, the only adult they interact with is like, look, you got to get rid of this snowball because he couldn't find a reason to throw it. If he got a reason to throw it, it wouldn't have been a big deal. If he's like, oh, I'll just throw it out the window. But he couldn't find anything worth throwing his childhood away at.
2: The restraint, yeah, okay. The restraint, uh, it made me think of it like maybe it's violence or something. Maybe it's like. The adolescent anger that you have, and and you learn to control it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like because like you know, remember how much you you were yeah all these outbursts at you know seventeen, mm-hmm. you're yelling about whatever cereal make you so mad, you know. Yeah. But then you control yourself. Is I thought that maybe that was it, but I kind of like the childhood thing where it's like, oh well, he didn't want to get rid of his childhood. He's holding on to his childhood, and then someone made him just chuck it away, for the bus. Also, they go into into the city and they have hamburgers instead of the steak. Is that right?
1: Uh, I think they have the steak for, like, early dinner. And, and it's they go
2: in and get a burger for, like, s- yeah, supper dinner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but it's also to defend the bus driver. Like, you can't have a teenage kid <laughs> with a snowball <laughs> on a bus.
2: Exactly. It's like, it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what he says. He's not going to throw it. Guess who also says they're not going to throw it? Kids who are about to throw a snowball. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's It's very, very reasonable. Like, this yeah, guy's been fooled before. believe it. Yes. Like, <laughs> this is a, like... New York suburbs bus driver he's yeah. seen some cynical teenagers <laughs> get yeah. into trouble
2: he's like guess what no snowballs kid." no way sorry buddy
1: all right and then but also he's going to the movies again which what is, the
2: movies are driving me crazy what is this he
1: he hates the movies but he goes to them all the time he I,
2: acts them out he knows the movies he
1: knows every movie yeah. he's seen this movie before yeah everyone's seen this movie before where he is as a big a slave to pop culture is everyone else yeah and he's trying so hard to distinguish himself from these phony things but here he is again like go like willfully going to the movies
2: movies are yeah movies are artificial so they're inherently phony is that kind
1: of maybe what he's 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 like uh, yeah it's all images instead of internal Mm um but yeah he or at the very least it's a contradiction that he hates the movies but he's at them all oh, the time. Oh, it's been
2: yeah, this contradiction has been has been I mean his fi- has been has been played al- I think it's it's super important. The movies thing is something. I don't yeah, understand. His brother
1: writes for the movies. Yes. He goes to the movies all the time. He acts out these movies. Yeah,
2: But they're lousy, lousy, lousy. I, I I like he hates them more than anything in the world he says. In the first chapter it's like I hate him almost more than anything don't in the world. Don't talk to me about the movies. Don't even mention the movies to me.
1: I get sick or something. What the like
2: heck that. is that, man? Like what do you, I don't So it's artifice.
1: Yeah, I think especially Phonious. Hollywood at this time is, is all yeah. so much genre film of like, here we are, we're dancing at the musical. And no realism, yeah.
2: yeah, nothing gritty.
1: He's all like he gets very critical of how people act in the movies and how people act in the movies, I mean, acting in general, he sees it very funny. Yeah. It's literally acting. Yeah. I think he resents, like... Because l- later they go see a play and he's like, oh yeah, they're good actors, but they know they're good actors, so they are... Oh yeah. So like he's very critical of people who are good at being phony yeah and i think maybe these are the best people at being phony in in the world
2: yeah as actors but like i think i think the phoniness is not i mean like i think i kind of resent the um when some if you mention catching the Rye to somebody if but if they if they get past the john lennon thing yeah they're gonna mention phonies yeah so that's like the stereotypical thing about catching the Ride is phonies and uh it's not as simple as this kid hates phonies it's like yeah all teenagers do hate you know yeah. phoniness or whatever it's like a whole thing but i think there's something to do with the um the learning that there's a place and a time for artifice and there's a way in which to you know like be honorable in creating artifice mm-hmm. and he's pointing out dishonorable artifice or yeah something?
1: dishonorable like the steak thing he gets mad about the yeah. steak thing and like The guy giving the speech where he tells 50 corny jokes to show what a regular guy is. Right. Uh, But he did a dance with uh, the teacher in the first or in the second chapter to be like, hey, I'm not hurting your feelings. Yes. So, like, and then even this Ackley, he doesn't like Ackley and he knows Ackley doesn't like Mal Brossard and Mal Brossard doesn't like Ackley. But they're (laughs) like, you know what? Let's pretend to be nice to each other to fight against loneliness. Yeah. Uh, So it's not
2: so cut and dry.
1: No, it's. What is and isn't allowed in his complex morals is like, and also very much like a teenager, it's inconsistent.
2: Yeah.
1: He, and that's important to remember too, is that well, everyone's inconsistent, but especially teenagers in in the suburbs of New York. Of course,
2: yeah. Dealing, yeah, dealing with this is going is is part of his mature mature maturation.
1: Yes, and a lot of, a lot of what teenagers define themselves as is what they define themselves against. Yeah. And he defines himself as against movies, even though he's always there. So something in him tells him that I have to be... I mean, the same way that kids that don't like pop music, I think that's what it is, too. Yeah, it's like... it, It might not even be that deep. It might just be like like say like oh i hate beyond anyone who's like contrarian about like beyonce or something justin
2: like that. bieber sucks yeah it's justin like what do you care
1: <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter who
2: asked you man it's so weird yeah every, like yeah every yeah like if you even tell a kid look you how like, cheesy bieber. this is and
1: it's like well i mean literally his he he's glad he didn't end up going to the movies with those guys because yeah. they laugh with a at like a hyena <sighs> yes. at everything that uh isn't even funny
2: wasn't even funny yeah
1: so I think it, the movie's more is like a community experience And he gets to watch Other people enjoy something That he doesn't like And it drives him crazy He goes You shouldn't be enjoying this This right. is terrible So he can't stand That he feels Maybe he feels left out Of like Why don't I like this
2: He feels so lonesome Yeah Oh man A little later He gets this lonesome thing Oh he yeah He's so lonesome And it uh, makes me sad uh, Well let's track the, Well I mean We obviously have to track The phonies thing obviously But we're getting more depth In it I think Yes Let's take it back to the dorm Go ahead What do we got here
1: uh yeah, so Brost and Ackley both had seen the picture that was playing. So all we did, we just had a couple of hamburgers and played the pinball machine for a little while. Classic American Saturday yep. night. Mm-hmm. Then took the bus back to Pensy. I didn't care about not seeing the movie anyway. It was supposed to be a comedy with Cary Grant in it and all that crap. Besides, but in the movie with Brost and Ackley before, they both laughed like a hi- yeah, I, like hyenas and stuff. That wasn't even funny. I didn't even enjoy sitting next to them in the, in the movies. And so then they get back to
2: school. Ackley seems to be talking about uh oh women. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is, is this
1: is a very high, like I don't I didn't go to like boarding s- prep school,
2: but it's like freshman year of college. Freshman year of yeah. college same, same thing. thing.
1: It's uh, he goes all he did was keep talking in this very monotonous voice, which is very funny. That he he's just like, yeah, and then I uh, this girl and I Gave we went it the business. <laughs> yeah. business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about some babe he was supposed to have had sexual intercourse with the summer before. He'd already told me about it about a hundred times. Every time he told it, it was different. One minute he'd be giving it to her in his cousin's Buick. The next minute he'd be giving it to her under some boardwalk. It was all a lot of crap, naturally. He was a virgin if I ever saw one. I doubt if he ever even gave anybody a feel. Anyway, finally, I had to come right in out and tell him that I had to write a composition for Stradlater and that he had to clear the hell out so I could concentrate. He finally did, but he took his time about it as usual. After he left, I put on my pajama and bathrobe in my old hunting hat and started writing. The he calendar.
2: begins to write. So Ackley, whatever actually is lying about women, and yeah. uh, we'll get. That's. It's, I mean, it, it'll help contrast him with Stradlater again.
1: Who doesn't say yeah. anything about women? But he does because he because he doesn't feel the need to brag because he does it. He <laughs> gets it done. Yeah, that's true. But it's also like very much like, th- the sex comes up a lot in this book. Yeah. About who's had it, who hasn't had it. Yeah. It's a sort of like a, a line of maturity that like these characters feel they have to cross yeah and that he hasn't crossed it is one more check in the holden's a child box
2: exactly right of passage yeah
1: there's a the holden is an adult box and there's a holden is a child box and he the not losing his virginity and a lot of these guys not losing their virginity he's like oh i'm still a child
2: Yep, we'll deal, and we'll deal with the sex stuff and at at another point in this book i know yes so he begins to write this composition for oh.
1: Stradlater, who's on a date with the girl he loves. So yeah. he still doesn't like he, yep. and it's so weird, but this composition itself is too, like no wonder he's deeply upset in the next chapter. Yep. Cause he wrote about my brother Allie's baseball man. Yep. Sounds innocuous. Sounds innocuous, but this is like the emotional center of the whole novel. Uh, it was a very descriptive subject. It really was. My brother Allie had this left-handed fielder's mitt. He was left-handed. The thing that was descriptive about it, though, was that he had poems written all over the fingers, in the pocket and everywhere. In green, in green ink, he wrote them on it so that he'd have something to read when he was in the field, and nobody was up to that. That's funny because you've played Little League Baseball yeah. you? and you're the outfielder and you're like, what am I going to do? I would <laughs> pick daisies myself, but uh, yes. I, I
2: wouldn't do Dandelions. The next sentence is, he's dead now. I absolutely love that. The yes. burying the lead there, right?
1: It's three words. The, the previous sentence yeah. is... Uh, He wrote them on it so that he'd have something to read when he was in the field and nobody was up to bat. It's a lot of words. And,
2: yeah. It's more than three, I think.
1: And then you just transferred to. He's dead now. He's dead
2: now. And it's like like a third of the way into this long paragraph. It's buried. You know what I mean? He got leukemia and And died when we were up in Maine. On on
1: July 18th. That's amazing. 1946. Like, he has every part of this in his bones and his memory. He knows the date exactly. Yeah.
2: And this is something that's th- very important to him. It's the emotional core of the novel, and we're hearing about it in chapter five, and we're hearing about it um, obliquely through a description of him writing a little essay.
1: Yeah, there's been. Yeah, this is about an essay for a homework assignment for his roommate.
2: Yeah, it's a, this is a by the way, it's not so even funny.
1: his homework assignment. By the way, he he was two years younger than I was, but he was about fifty times as intelligent. Oh. he was terrifically intelligent. His teachers were always writing letters to my mother, telling her. What a pleasure it was having a boy like Allie in their class, and they weren't just shooting the crap; they really meant it. So, there here is like here are our teachers being authentic. They loved my brother.
2: Yeah, they're being real. Yeah,
1: but it wasn't just that he was the most intelligent member in the family. He's also the nicest in a lot of ways. He never got mad at anybody. People with red hair are supposed to get mad very easily, but Allie never did, (laughs) and he had very red hair. I'll tell you what kind of red hair he had. (laughs) This sentence is so, I always have to think about what he means. But he goes, I started playing golf when I was only 10 years old. I remember once, the summer I was around 12, teeing off and all, and having a hunch that if I turned around all of a sudden I'd see Allie. So I did. And sure enough, he was sitting on his bike outside the fence. There was this fence that went all around the course, and he was sitting there, about 150 yards behind me, watching me tee off that's the kind of red hair yet
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can you could feel it from without even looking at it d- like, <laughs>
1: but also like such a fun like and so it's like oh you're dating a, a, a new girl it's like yeah she's got red hair you're like oh what kind of red hair let me tell you what kind of red. well hair. I'm, a gol- <laughs> I'm a golfer and <laughs> <So> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like you could have just said like auburn or like yeah. burnt orange
2: <laughs> it's mad bright yo um yeah. So yeah, I'm it's about uh, Allie dying. It's kind of red hairy he He's a nice kid. It's about he's nice. He's intelligent. He he loves him so much. He used to laugh so hard at something he thought of at dinner table. He just about fell off his chair.
1: I was only 13, and they were going to have me psychoanalyze and all, because I broke all the windows in the garage.
2: So he doesn't even say, after Allie died, I was so angry, I was so blank, that I broke all the windows in the garage. They just He just said, I was only 13, and I broke all the windows in the garage. Yeah, he just I
1: just broke the window. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame them. I really don't. I slept in the garage the night he died, and I broke all the goddamn windows with my fist just for the hell of it. No. Just for the hell of it. No,
2: no, no, Holden, <laughs> not just for the hell of it. It wasn't random. No. So we need to be, w- there needs to be an alarm that goes off. If we ever hear him say, just for the hell of it, or I just felt like it. I, I
1: was so, I was bored, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is. That means uh, something emotional has happened. And, and he's, he's ignoring lashing it. out, yeah. and
1: he's going, I don't know why I broke all the, I broke the, all the windows in the garage the night my brother died for no reason. Just for the hell
2: of it, no connection
1: between those two things. I even tried to break all the windows on the station wagon we had that summer, but my hand was already broken and everything by that time, and I couldn't do it. And so here's an important thing, too. He was not able to get out all the anger he wanted to. True. He wanted to keep going, but his hands were broken. Yeah. So he, that's there's still a lot of lingering anger from that first night because literally he like maybe if he had broken all the station wagon windows he'd be much better off. That's not how emotions work. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so but he fell short of doing everything, all the damage he wanted true. to do. He he was expressing
2: he couldn't he was unable to express his anger. As I I do buy that he's unable to fully express his anger.
1: And I'm sorry about breaking the windows on your station wagon. <laughs> I had to get some stuff out. <laughs> I, I was for the hell of it. <laughs> oh, just for the hell of it. It was a very stupid thing to do, I'll admit, but I hardly didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. S- so he And that will come up again, where he doesn't even, like, I don't really remember acting out in these ways, or I don't know why, or I can't, like, I wasn't really paying attention but when I was doing it. He can't face his own emotions head yeah. on.
2: Even in, even in hindsight, he's not really faced the emotion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you didn't know, Allie. My hand still hurts me once in a while when it rains and all, and I can't make a real fist anymore. Not a tight one, I mean. But outside of that, I don't care much, like about his hand broken. But that's also a very vague sentence, which is interesting. I don't care much. I mean, I'm not going to be a goddamn surgeon or a violinist or anything, anyway. Uh, what's interesting is that every time he rains, he gets a reminder of his brother's death. Yeah, yeah.
2: So We're like rains, literally yeah.
1: bad weather, and then you're like, oh yeah, my brother's dead. So but look. what I-,
2: I mean, like, okay, the f- the phrase, and you didn't, you didn't know, Allie. Like that's like a. Like that's as close as he gets to like he was great. I miss him. You don't you don't understand. You don't understand
1: how much I love how him. How much
2: right. I loved him. I mean, like so like it's almost like the, these things slip out. They slip out in in times when he doesn't mean it. You know what I mean? So he's he's not meaning to express his love for his brother no. here. He's literally talking about this essay he has to write. Yeah. And all of this just slips out. Yeah. Um. Obliquely. Yeah. He's a, just writing. Doing assignment. a homework assignment. Yeah. And he and like if you asked Holden what this paragraph about what it was about, he'd be like, "Oh, it's about the homework assignment." Yeah, I was just doing a homework so assignment. So this this is the this is the subtextual narrative. Subtextual narrative is yeah. that
1: a, a young man dealing with his brother's death.
2: Right on the one the narrative as Holden understands it is about the paper. The narrative as we understand it, in the
1: subtext, is about his brother's death. His gr- his grief. Yeah. He It's grief. I mean, and look at how much he, this stuff he's writing to us. Unable to, three years later, unable to address the depth. Of it. So it's like, how long is he held in these feelings? And how much have they damaged him?
2: Yeah. Oh, he even copies down the poems for the paper.
1: Yeah, he, rem- like, yeah. Um. But also still, what was I going to say? Uh, and you didn't know Allie. In a way, he's still begging for forgiveness for how hard it hurt him to be like this. He's you, afraid to be seen as childish for his grief. And yeah. And he's like, please forgive me. I'm trying to be a mature adult, but I feel like I can't be mature and grieve. Anyway, that's what I wrote. <laughs> anyway, that's what I wrote. Sadler's composition about <laughs> exactly. It's like the
2: thing when he goes into the thing about uh, the um the, his name of his dorm was this, and it's like oh the the guy the name was the, was after this guy who came into this speech that a, a kid farted during the speech, wanted yeah. him to fart during the other meeting. It was hilarious. Anyway. That's the name of my dorm. Yeah, that's, I love that's that. the name of my
1: dorm. And he goes, Old Alley's Baseball Mitt. So it's not Old Alley's. It's like this old clearly Allies. like almost, almost religious rela- relic to you. and right. your family. It's very important to him. I happen to have it with me. So he carries this with me in yeah. my suitcase. So I got it out and copied down the poems that were written on it. All I had to do was change Alley's name so that nobody would know. It was my brother and Dot chat letters. I wasn't too crazy about doing it, but I couldn't think of anything else descriptive. Besides, he wasn't too crazy about doing it besides i sort of liked writing about it (laughs) so he's like oh he's still this is a grieving process for him to write about this exactly
2: he went out of his way to do it he liked doing it yes it wasn't the assignment that Stradlater asked him to do it's a different assignment yes he's expressing his grief he likes it it's cathartic it was a
1: very cathartic moment one of the few moments of catharsis and perhaps maybe this is what this whole book is set up as yeah is a c- moment of catharsis for Holden because he realized how much it, how good it felt to write about Allie's glove.
2: Exactly. Uh, so then after he's finished, it's about 10.30, I guess, when I finished it, he's looking out the window for a while. It wasn't snowing anymore, any but every once in a while you could hear a car. So he has, he has a quiet moment of reflection. Although he doesn't say that, all you hear is he all the things he hears. He hears cars trying to get started. He hears Ackley snoring. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Right through the shower, the goddamn shower curtains, you could hear him. He had sinus trouble, and he couldn't breathe too hot when he was asleep. The guy just had (laughs) just about everything. Sinus trouble, pimples, lousy teeth, halitosis, crummy fingernails. He had to feel a little sorry for the crazy son of a bitch. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So after he's done uh, dealing with his brother's death, he has a little time to just crap on Ackley. Ackley. (laughs) Just
1: hate Ackley. The guy he was very nice to, he's like, that guy... What a what, a, what a pale of this he guy. He feels a little
2: sorry <laughs> for him, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, Stradletter comes back from the Chapter 6. It's all about Stradletter.
1: Oh, baby. Coming back from his date with Little Miss Gallagher. Little Miss Gallagher. Jane, she smashed Jane some watermelons Gallagher. on stage. Um, <laughs> so some things are hard to remember. So there you go. Like, I don't really remember. I don't. Yeah, right. And this is him writing about it later. Yeah. Because this is after the breakdown. So I'm thinking now of when Stradletter got back from his date with Jane. I mean, I can't remember exactly what I was doing when I heard this goddamn stupid... Fo- so already, he's his goddamn stupid footsteps. I love that. His goddamn...
2: <laughs> so he's mad at him already.
1: Yeah, because th- he was so nice, like, the first time we meet him. He's like, oh, I mean, he's a little conceited, but he's a good guy. And like, and now it's his goddamn stupid footsteps. And what's the difference? <laughs> Jane, Jane Gallagher. Just, Jane
2: Gallagher. Yeah, that's the difference. He's out with Jane Gallagher. But Holden wouldn't say, I'm mad at Strattletter for going out with Jane Gallagher, who I want to go out with. Yes. He is just saying, Strattletter has as stupid has goddamn stupid footsteps.
1: Yes. <laughs> Coming down the corridor. I probably was still looking out the window, but I swear I can't remember. I was so damn worried. That's why. When I really worry about something, I don't just fool around. I even have to go to the bathroom when I worry about something, only I don't go. I'm too worried to go. Which is, uh, that's a classic anxiety. <laughs> that's interesting, right? Yeah. Are you pee shy, right? I, yeah. I have to go, but can't go. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt my worrying to go. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's a hilarious. very anxious person thing to do. Where it's yeah. like, i do that. I won't be able to worry as much as I need to worry. <laughs> uh, I double dated with that bastard a couple of times, and I know what I'm talking about. He was unscrupulous. He really was. <laughs> so he would not pass. So he's worried that Strad, <laughs> letter,
2: Strad Letter, you know, like had sex with Jane Gallagher, right? Yeah. yeah that's
1: that's uh, to him, that would be a, that would ruin everything for yeah. him. Anyway, the corridor was all linoleum and all, and you could hear the, his goddamn footsteps. Co- <laughs> Everything's goddamn. Like, it's yeah. just a, a guy walking down the hall, and he's like, look at those goddamn footsteps. He's so mad, yeah. Coming right towards the room. I don't even remember where I was sitting when he came in, at the window or in my chair of his. I swear I can't remember. He, it's very clear to me, like, important that we, we know that we don't remember. or He doesn't remember right, this. Right, So, like, he can't really be held to account for what he says. Exactly.
2: That's This should be a uh, an alarm bell, yeah.
1: He came in griping about how cold it was out. Then he said, "Where the hell is everybody? It's like a goddamn morgue around here." I didn't even bother to answer him. If he was so goddamn stupid not to realize <laughs> it was Saturday night and everybody was out or asleep or home for the weekend, I wasn't gonna break my neck telling him. So like here, so here's like a fuming mad guy, sitting in his dorm room, and then in walks this like cool guy who just had a date. He probably yeah. scored, and he's like, "Hey, where the hell is everybody?" And it's just you're like. Weird, obsessive roommate been like, um, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so mad at him. So he asked me if I'd written his goddamn composition for him. I told him it was over on the goddamn bed. <laughs> so yeah, he just in yeah. his he's he's so mad, seething still now writing yeah. about this.
1: Uh, like uh, probably like six months later. So he reads the yeah.
2: composition. Yes. Uh, m- y- uh, yep. And all of a sudden. He said, for Christ's sake, Holden, this is about a goddamn baseball glove. Again, a half italicized word, base. uh, Just so we hear the for Christ's sake,
1: Holden, this is about a goddamn baseball glove.
2: Wow, it's 2 half italicized. This is a real stylistic choice. Yes, it's. For Christ's sake. For, yeah, sake is italicized. Christ's so sake. So what?
1: I said cold as hell. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be like, I got it pretty good here. So what? I didn't. I forgot about cold as hell. I cold love it. as
2: hell. Cold as hell is one. That's awesome. <laughs> that is an
1: awesome sentence. What do you mean, so what? I told you it had to be about a goddamn room or a house or something. You said it had to be descriptive. What the hell's the difference if it's about a baseball club? <laughs> God damn it! He was sore as hell. He really was. He was really furious. Was he really furious? You're the one who says "God damn" after. <laughs> I know, but he
2: seems like he is mad. And then, yeah. he, and then he accuses him. He says, "No wonder you're fucking the hell out of here. You don't do one damn thing the way you're supposed to. I mean it. Not one damn thing. You do everything ass back, back ass, back ass. <laughs> was a nice little joke. Very funny. Um, then he gives it, takes it back from him. and He went over and pulled it right out of his goddamn hand. Then I tore it up. So he just tears up his cathartic and this is a typewriter baby this is that is the only copy i thought of that and he, i was like uh, yeah. oh shoot that is really important
1: yeah he rips up this thing so everything he'd worked so hard on it gets one outside eyes on it disapproved of and he's like "No, know what this is from i can't share this with anyone there
2: ain't no control z on this you, no you know, this is over this is over uh and then
1: he says what the hell did you do that for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Stradlater is kind of dumb
2: <laughs> yeah oh well yeah i mean obviously he did it because you're pissing him off yeah, yeah. but
1: and he did it you did his homework and then you're gonna say you did it wrong but like, it's
2: like yeah i do i mean yeah that's uh, yeah holden's really mad needless to say
1: then i lay down in my bed and we both didn't say anything for a long time he got all undressed down to his shorts and then i lay on my bed and lit a cigarette you weren't allowed to smoke in the dorm, but you could do it late at night when everybody was asleep or out and nobody could smell the smoke. Besides I did it to a noise trap ladder. It drove him crazy when you broke any rules. He never smoked in the dorm. It was only me. So him this is the first time he's like I'm doing a bad thing deliberately for this True. Person.
2: You know what? I remember this. I told you that I remembered this as a thing where he just said he, he didn't he felt like it for the hell of it. But this is actually him saying I am doing this thing. So this is this is not a narrative subtext. This yes, is like Holden I, knows he is doing this to piss off
1: Stradlater. Yes. He is like I hate Stradlater right now and I'm going to And it's such a petty thing. Like You know
2: what? You know what it is, Kev? It is cold as hell.
1: <laughs> 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 he, goes, he still didn't say one single solitary word about Jane. So he's like I mean yeah, it's an t- it's a tough it's a immature position, but it is a tough position. People have been there. Like you've gotta know if the girl you love is being like it's having a nice time with someone else.
2: Sucks. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to know. And
1: when he doesn't say anything and you're like, You gotta give me a hint so I could like so I don't have to ask, it's like all all versions of pride and jealousy and pain yeah coming up on <laughs> to each other. You're back pretty goddamn late if she only signed out for nine thirty. Did you make her be late signing in? And then he says this. He was sitting on the edge of the bed, cutting his goddamn toenails when I asked him that. Couple of minutes, he said. Who the hell signs out for nine thirty on a Saturday night? God, how I hated
2: him. The <laughs> subtext is she wouldn't have sex with me, right? Or she was making it hard for. He's he's frustrated about the sex, right?
1: I I not sure. Okay. Because I don't uh, know what, how what way it went. But it's also very sly to say, not say anything about the date. Just say that she got back a couple of minutes late. Like couple mi- couple minutes. Couple yeah. minutes. So clearly, they were having a nice enough time for her to be late. Or he went. He is mad right after that. So maybe he was like, really got where she's like, literally, I got to go back. And he's like, doing his jock thing where he's like, no, you could stay out just like a little bit longer. Yeah. Like, so I mean, but we're like, hold it. We're trying to piece together exactly what happened, and we're not given enough because yeah. Ladder is a private guy.
2: I'm reading a little bit of sexual frustration, but I think Holden's mad because he thinks that they did have sex, right? Yeah. He gave her the time, yeah. Um, and anyway.
1: Goes, you crazy? How the hell could we go to New York? She is, a, he asked, did you go to New York? How, you crazy? How the hell could we go to New York if she only signed up for 930? That's tough, Holden says. He looked up at me. Listen, he said, if you're going to smoke in the room, how about going down in the can and do it? You you may be getting the hell out of here, but I have to stick around here long enough to graduate. So here's the thing where Stradlater is directly confron- confronting him, being like, hey, i don't want you to smoke in here
2: yeah but not it's but the but i think i think it's also the smoking is obviously becoming a you know a uh a, a satellite proxy war, proxy war that's on untr- yeah it's a proxy war so yeah he's addressing the, the smoking directly but he's not like hey i know you like jane gallagher guess what i in texas there what are you gonna do about it <laughs> um he's this it's about the smoking did you give her my regards
1: <laughs> i asked him yeah the hell he did, the bastard. Yeah. He's so mad at every he knew, sentence.
2: He knew that Stratletter was not going to give him, uh, give her his regards. He <laughs> called it ahead of time. And guess what? He probably didn't.
1: Yeah, he didn't. What'd did she you? say? I said, did you ask her if she still keeps all her kings in the back row? No, I didn't <laughs> ask her. What the hell do you think we did all night? Played checkers for Christ's sake? Yeah.
2: Checkers disgusts Stradletter. <laughs> checkers is like anti-sex. He's like, why yeah. would you play Checkers? It's Gross. like asking
1: about D&D or something. Yeah, it's like, what are you freaking talking about? I didn't even answer him. God, how I hated him. If you didn't go to New York, where'd you go with her? I asked him. After a little while, I could hardly keep my voice from shaking all over the place. Yeah. Boy, was I getting nervous. I just had a feeling something had gone funny. He was... Another another time, guys are always cutting their toenails. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no. Uh, he says, uh, "Yeah, uh, you're what a school. You're always watching somebody cut their damn toenails or squeeze their pimples or something." Yeah. Is it like? Is this like a? I don't know. Is that yeah. worth tracking? I think it's
1: just like you live close to people. You get the ugly maintenance side of human beings. Yeah. You uh, don't. You don't get to see them just as their finished product. You see them as their gross. Yeah, you're like, backstage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Where'd you go with her if you didn't go to New York? Nowhere. We just sat in the goddamn car. He gave me another one of those playful, stupid little socks on the shoulder. Oh, So now he's, like, yes. play
1: fighting with him. So there's clearly he even says there's a real conflict in the room yep. that he's trying to dissipate as much as and possible. And this is such
2: a boy thing. Like, uh, you're constantly, like, are we play fighting or are we actually fighting? It's just or like, a little bit of both just exactly. so, like,
1: we can... Read the room.
2: There's aggression. I mean, uh, before didn't didn't hold him. Was like I don't know why, but I just felt like putting Stradler yeah. in a headlock, and he yeah. did it. And I was like, yeah. well, yeah, you felt like doing that because you were you feel sexually um, competitive with him about Jane yes. Gallagher. Jane Gallagher.
1: Yes. Jane Gallagher. yes. Cut car? it out! I said, "Whose car?" Ed, Ed Banksy. Banksy. Oh, Banky. Ed Banky. You Ed know Banky. it's bad news when you're in Ed Banky's car. Yeah. yeah,
2: he he lets he's he's the baseball coach. He lets his kids borrow the car when he wants
1: it. Yeah, basketball coach. Old Stradler was one of his pets because he was the center on the team, and Ed yeah. Banky always let him borrow his car when he wanted it. So that's kind of like weird. Like this basketball coach is like, "Yeah, take my car out on dates, kids." Yeah. <laughs>
2: Gross. Yeah. Like, what do you gonna, what do you think they're going to do in it? Every school I've gone to, all the athletic bastards stick together. <laughs> he's a jock.
1: Yeah, he's just a jock. Stradler kept taking these shadow punches down at my shoulder.
2: Holden is dying to know what'd you do. Did you give her the time in Ed Banky's goddamn car? My voice was shaking, something awful. So Holden is like, he's
1: dying. Now he's he just straight up said it. He's like, please tell me what happened. Like he wants to know,
2: but he wants the answer to be that he didn't give her the. But he knows that he did, or at least yeah, like, he
1: knows that Stradlater is good at yeah uh, getting what he wants. What a thing to say, Stradlater says. Want me to wash your ma- out your mouth out with soap? So he he deflects. Yeah. Did you uh, italicized did. Yeah. And then he, this he says, "That's a professional secret, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, don't kiss and tell. Yeah. The worst possible thing." No, you no, could it's say. a
2: professional. What is this? Is this his is a job. It's a professional secret. <laughs> That's odd, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's just a straight up like because he could just clearly he's upset. Yeah, like, like if someone just straight up accuses, like, "Hey, did you sleep with that girl?" And you go, "That's a secret, buddy." Like, yeah. you clearly want them you're to at conflict. least think that he's you did.
2: <laughs> True. Yeah,
1: you're right. The next part, I don't remember so hot. Again, the not remembering. But look at how many details he has. So has <laughs> lines of dialogue. He has little behaviors going on. He's got toenails being cut. He's got... Yeah. All he I know remember. is I got up from the bed like I was going down in the can or something. So he pulls a fake. And then I tried to sock him with all my might right smack in the toothbrush so it would split his goddamn throat open. My God. So a really extremely violent impulse. Yeah, really intense. That he acts out on to like trying to just shove a toothbrush violently back to his throat so it, like, hurts. And maybe even, like, really bad. <laughs> Only I missed. I didn't connect. All I did was sort of get him on the side of the head or something. Probably hurt him a little bit, but not as much as I wanted. Probably would have hurt him a lot, but I did it with my right hand, and I can't make a good fist with that hand on account of the injury I told you about. Ooh. So the hand he broke, punching out windows after Allie's death, Failed him again when he was trying to punch out Stradladder yeah. for violating his u- the other person he holds up as his innocent perfection.
2: A physical. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Protecting. Right. Protecting Allie was innocent. Protecting
1: Jane's innocence. Protecting Allie's innocence. Yeah,
2: Stradladder I- is leukemia. I'm, and uh, i Jane, Jane Gallagher. Also, like yeah, the physical man. This is like literature 101. Like, but the physical manifestation. Of, of,
1: like, emotional problems. Yeah,
2: so it it comes, it, it come, it's so easy to put it back in other situations and be reminded of, this is about
1: Allie, this is not about this, this is about Allie. Yeah, this is about controlling the innocent from the world. Yeah. And is the world, and Jane Gallagher is the it innocent.
2: And Stradlater begins to win the fight. Next yeah. thing I know, <laughs> I was on the goddamn floor, and he was sitting on my chest with his face all red. That is to say, he had his goddamn knees on my chest, and he weighed about a ton. He had a hold of my wrist at two, so
1: I couldn't take another sock at him, and I'd have killed him. What the hell's the matter with you? He kept saying, and his stupid face kept getting redder and redder. Get your lousy knees off my chest, I told him. I was almost bawling. I really was. Go on, get off of me, you crummy bastard. So this is like old movie, like, let me add him, let me add him. Get (laughs) off of me. He wouldn't do it, though. He kept holding on to my wrist, and I kept calling him a son of a bitch and all for around ten hours. It's always very funny when he he exaggerates time or size or numbers. I can hardly even remember what all I said to him. I told him he thought he could give the time to anybody he felt like. I told him he didn't even care if a girl kept all her kings in the back row or not. And the reason he didn't care was because he was a goddamn stupid moron.
2: <laughs> so okay, can can you believe that he's on his back, his wrists pinned to the floor, getting about to get hit in the face again, and he has the gall to bring up the, the kings, goddamn checkers.
1: The kings in the back row. <laughs> Jane's... Defense mechanism.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, it's such an easy... Like, it's, like, it's so the the general in the specific. It's, like, the checkers are not just about checkers, obviously. It's, like, Jane has a personality, and I like it. And you don't give a crap about it. You just want to give her the time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Shut up now, Holden, he said with his big, stupid red face. (laughs) Just Just shut up shut up now. You don't even know if her first name is Jane or Jean, you goddamn moron. A good point. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I like how like yeah every detail that he's mad about now has already been established. The Jane Jean thing—it's all very simple, Mm -hmm. but it is able to like speak volumes. You don't know her goddamn name. But it's also delayed anger
1: because all this could have been confronted in the bathroom, and it was a little bit with the wrestling. Yeah, but it it had to build up in him for a night before he was able to have the anger to act out on this. Right.
2: There's no new information yet. Yeah, He's no, He's got. He's mad about all the same things that he was mad about before. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now shut up, Holden. Goddamn it! I'm warning you. I really had him going. <laughs> if you don't shut up, I'm gonna slam you one. Get your stinking moron knees off my chest. If I let you up, will you keep your mouth shut? I didn't even answer him. He said it over again. Holden, if I let you up, will you keep your mouth shut? That's just that's a straight like older brother thing. <laughs> if I let you up, yeah. He says yes. He got off my knee and I got up too. My chest hurt like hell from his dirty knees. You're a dirty stupid son of a bitch moron, I told him. I'm already <laughs> breaking his promise. <laughs> that got him really mad. He shook his big stupid finger on my face. Holden, goddammit, I'm warning you now, for the last time, if you don't keep your yep shut, I'm gonna And this I wanna I wanna yell this out because it's so funny. So like Yeah, go ahead. Why should I, I said? I was practically yelling. That's just the trouble with all you morons. You never wanna discuss anything. That's the way you could always tell a moron. They never want to discuss anything and tell it. And then he gets clocked up the <laughs> <place>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Too mouthy. Shut the hell up when someone tells you to shut up, Holden.
1: Then he really let one go at me, and the next thing I know, I was on the goddamn floor again. I don't even remember if he knocked me out or not, but I don't think so. It's pretty hard to knock a guy out except in the goddamn movies. Here's the yep. movies again. Look at how fake, fake they are. Here's a fake example fake. from the movies. Yeah,
2: here's a real fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we didn't go see a movie. Instead, I got into a real fight. Uh, but my nose is bleeding all over the place. When I looked, up, I looked up, old Stradlatter was standing practically right on top of me. He had his goddamn toilet kit under his arm. What the hell? Don't you shut up when I tell you to. He said he sounded pretty nervous. He Probably was scared he'd fractured my skull or I something.
2: love this. Stradlatter is so worried. This is so real, too. It's like after a fight I've – got, I've got three brothers. After a fight like this, it's like, yeah, you're all angry. And then five minutes later, you're both scared that you've hurt each other permanently. It's like, yes. are you okay? And okay? more of that,
1: mom is going to be mad. Mom is going to be mad. If you hurt someone permanently, mom can hurt you. Exactly. Exactly. Or the principal. Or the right. Don't now.
2: tell. No. One, neither
1: of you wanna, want to... <laughs> the damage is not bad enough that we have to tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you asked for it, goddamn and it. He said, boy, did he look worried. I didn't even bother to get up. I just lay there. Oh, there was a... Uh, I like this line. He probably was scared he'd fracture my skull or something when I hit the floor. It's too bad I didn't.
2: <laughs> oh, I missed that too. Yeah. So he wanted he's like, I wish my brains were all over the goddamn
1: floor. <laughs> he's he's such a Twitter depressed guy. Like the like you're not on Twitter, but that's a big thing, it's just kinda like ironically wanting to die. Yeah, yeah <laughs> And yeah, he's holding Caulfield is one hundred percent that <laughs> I wish I had. Oh, uh, I wish I was. My brains were all dead.
2: <laughs> Stradletter wants him to go wash his face. Um, um I told him to go wa uh, go wash his own moron face, which is pretty challenging <laughs> to do. <laughs> i told him to go stop <laughs> off on the way to the can and give mrs schmidt the time mrs schmidt was a janitor's wife she's around she's around 65
1: <laughs> still <laughs> he's still yelling he's, he's still
2: being he, a wise he ass gets
1: knocked out and he's like why don't you go sleep with the janitor's wife you, <laughs> you big jerk Go <laughs>
2: am sex with an old lady you weirdo i love it you horny bastard go have sex with some old lady yeah. I love it. So he's a wise ass, which I really respect.
1: Yeah. To the like he gets knocked out and he stop. he gets back up and he's like, Time to be a wise ass again. If you could be a wise
2: ass with blood coming out of your yeah. nose, you're a good wise ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kept sitting there on the floor until I heard old Stradlider close the door and go down the corridor to the can. Then I got up, I couldn't find my goddamn hunting hat anywhere. Finally I found it. It was under the bed, I put it on and turned the old peak around to the back the way I liked it. I and mean, that's that's something I think we haven't addressed yet. The hunting hat. Yeah. It's a deer shooting hat. Yeah. So it is violence against innocent. Like if He
2: it, called it a people shooting hat, too.
1: Yes. But he always turns it backwards. Which right. is like...
2: And he likes it that way?
1: He likes it that way. All Be- right. Because he doesn't like its original purpose. So he I asks, smell a stretch, but it, okay. Yeah. So maybe it's something to do with, like, I like parts of society, but the part of society it is intended for is evil.
2: Sure yeah right okay right he's wearing the hat it's like i mean like i, def- I mean, like I've definitely the hat is self-expression mm-hmm. and he likes it a certain way and it's not a deer shooting hat to him
1: it's yeah he doesn't like the context of what the hat is but he likes parts of the hat
2: yeah he and just so i think
1: that's it. like the, all of this. he likes parts of society but he doesn't like it what it comes together to be
2: he's figuring out yeah he's navigating society he's navigating his place in society and how he wants to participate yeah and that's the hat
1: yeah, but it's also weird to wear a hunting hat backwards. Like that's True. like w- that would look in like in Brooklyn now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You'd be like what is that it's guy doing weird.
2: with a big old bill? Yeah, he puts it on right before he writes the thing, or yeah. before he writes the thing too. I remember he said he puts on his pajamas and his hat. Yeah, indoor hat.
1: Uh, and this is funny. I had you—you uh, you never saw such go in your life. I had blood all over my mouth and chin, and even on my pajamas and bathrobe. Probably scared me, and it probably fascinated me. All that blood and all sort of made me look tough. I'd only been in about two fights in my life and I lost both of them. Huh. <laughs> I'm not I'm not too tough. I'm a pacifist if you want to know the truth. You're not a pacifist. Yeah, <laughs> you not. started this fight. <laughs> <laughs> if
2: you want to know the truth, I'm a pacifist. That's great. What a classic like you were saying, you called this, yeah, the adolescent hypocrisy. Like mm-hmm. you have these big values and you haven't yet had the opportunity to exercise those values in the real world.
1: Mm-hmm. I had a feeling old Ackley had probably heard all the dragon and was awake, so I went through the shower curtains into his room just to see what the hell he was doing. I hardly ever went into his room. it always had a funny stink in it because he was so crummy in his personal habits. So it still has a little time to throw a shot at Ackley. Holden <laughs>
2: said about his best friend Ackley. I mean, <laughs> come on. I, I mean, as far as we could tell, Ackley's his best friend. Yeah,
1: spends the most time with him, talks yeah. to him the most. Uh, he's seen it like, and he's the one who... Isn't going around with Jane Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he's his buddy. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, my, my best friend is Ackley. I wish my best friend was Stradlater, but Stradlater has once again betrayed me and <laughs> yeah, I me think too. the
2: Ackley Stradlater um, dichotomy is pretty uh, is pretty defined, right? And it's like the, the only two characters you get anything any detail about. I mean, Broussard is is mentioned, you know, by name only. He's on the he's on the wrestling team. That's all we get. Yeah. So Ackley and Stradlater, he goes, he fights Stradlater. <laughs> he wants to conquer stray letter the alpha i mean alpha yeah whatever yeah uh, but then he goes to actley for some emotional su- he, support now he's
1: licking his wounds cuz he lost his battle for alpha yeah
2: and th- and then that's Cheddar. he wants to, he's like begs him to play canasta he wants to go play cards it's like you're you're covered in blood <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to, you know what he really wants is some company it's like the way actley comes into his room mm. and he's like uh acting like he just like stumbled uh, in there got there accidentally it's like buddy. shut up dude you wanted you're to come here hang, lonely out and hang out you okay want to hang out okay be lonely yeah
1: yeah. No. I mean, what a dramatic chapter. Like Yes. Literally a fist fight in a in a boys' room that's like Yeah. Any criticism that nothing happens in this book, like there's so much violence in this book. That's
2: crazy. Yeah. I mean I think it would make a bad movie. I don't know if there is yeah. a movie, is there? No, Ooh. there's no movie.
1: Very deliberately not a movie. Oh, cause Salinger wouldn't He wouldn't sell the sell rights. The, rights. the big cool. thing is that Jerry Lewis really wanted to make a catch her in the right movie yeah i think yeah. it'd be bad it wouldn't yeah, because i mean it's all internal it's all about the conflict yeah. between how holden perceives the actions and how the actions that'd are be like worse
2: act. than gatsby as a movie yeah. i mean like there's not even a party it's just like mostly it's a kid walking around talking to himself mostly yeah, yeah <laughs> just
1: going to the park and like he'll, he'll talk to a girl for a little bit and then you're like i mean probably the graduate is the closest they got to a similar sort of discontent yeah the, the tonally sure. yeah yeah, um, but yeah, it's hard to get that internal malcontent like this. Mo- the the strength of this is his monologue.
2: Yeah, and similar to Gatsby, right? The narration is such a big part of it that it it's an even bigger part of it. Yeah. than Gatsby. It's like it would have to be a voiceover. And voiceover is fine, but I don't think it can carry a movie. You know yeah. I mean, you need something to look at. I mean, this would be something where he hits the kid or whatever; it'd be kind of funny.
1: Yeah, it's also yeah, it's also he hates movies.
2: <laughs> and he hates movies. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Salinger. I, I get a feeling like maybe he kind of hates movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, he never wrote movies himself. I mean, right. And I think a big thing about Salinger is that he loved Fitzgerald, and he watched fit, fit like I think DB is a, a metaphor for Fitzgerald. Okay. Because I mean. It's writer who had to go write movies right and like and he called him a prostitute <laughs> Calls him a prostitute where like he had to sell out his talent um and
2: salinger could have like bought you know three homes with the movie i mean the film rights uh for this at the height of film and the height of like I mean, I'm sure he made a bunch of money off of like when you sell printed books, you make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. It's like the you know the old days with like a record deal. Oh know? yeah,
1: he he's never wor- he's not worried about money. But yeah, I think it was the thing where he's he's like dead, right? He just died. He died. Yeah, like two he died ago. 2009, I think. Yeah, 2012 maybe.
2: They're uh, releasing some of his uh, new writings.
1: That was in the yeah. Is that beneficial? Because it was in the documentary that are on now. They're gonna release it, but it it, it hasn't come out yet. I thought.
2: Yeah, well, we should read it. I mean, it'd be weird to read. It's not, not a classic. I, I want to read it, period, but anyway. Yeah. um, So the fight, I think, is is going to be huge. I mean, like, right after the fight, that very night, he gets on a train to go to New York.
1: Yeah, he doesn't so, even wait. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, like, now this is the final catalyst to the hero's journey of, like, he's taken the call, he's burned yes. all his bridges yes. at his, at his uh, quote-unquote, home with Pensy, and now it's, like, the hero's got to go.
2: Got to leave the Shire, yeah, so... Uh, the impetus for the fight was Jane Gallagher and con- confronting masculinity in the form of Stradlater
1: and writing about his brother's death.
2: And his brother's death is really bothering him. Right? I mean, it's it's masterful the structure. I I, I really admire that. Yeah. I mean, like I I don't think I've spent enough time in this podcast yet drooling over Salinger. I mean, like the structure is so clean.
1: And what's great about it is too is that uh I. This book, this book, uh, once this book about like character stuff was said like the reason why Cain and Abel that story is not compelling to us is that we know exactly why Cain killed Abel. Yeah, he had one simple motivation. Where Holden's got why did Cain kill Abel? Envy. Uh, God said, "Hey, your gift is better than Abel. Your gift's better than Cain." And Cain got so riled up that they went out to the field and he killed him. And that, like, is not that – see, you don't even know why. You're like, oh, I guess that happened. But, like – Yeah, who cares. It's, yeah, because it's like, oh, we know exactly why. But he has got a thousand different pulls to every single – and he even he is unaware of why he's doing things.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's compelling because we also feel that.
1: Because we have to figure it out. We have to go, like, okay, here's a few things it could be, and we can disagree about exactly what happened here. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a very – it's a fun book.
2: <laughs> it's really fun. It's incredible. Yeah, and and it's just getting started. Yes, yeah, so like we're about to kick off a whole journey for Holden and uh I think uh we're starting to figure out some of the through lines that we're going to start seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to to keep track of this thing. This is such a cumulative such a I mean, god, reading and reading a novel really is really special, isn't it? I like to read. <laughs> I mean, it's like I I I've rediscovered reading a thousand times in my life and uh this is part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's chapter 6. Chapter 7. Next week,
1: no chapter eight, and nine, oh no, seven, yeah, seven and eight, yeah. yeah we always
2: right. start. We always start in an odd chapter.
1: Yeah, okay. And they're they're well. all odd chapters. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, my name is Kevin Lopkevich. Uh You can find me on Twitter at, at Kevin Lapkovich. Um,
2: my name is Terrence Hartnett. You can find me on Instagram at ha Hartnett. and on uh, Facebook as Terrence Hartnett. Just friend me. I, uh, I want to have you as my friend. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye forever. Coming through the round